This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. My guest today is someone I know quite well, and you guys kind of know as well, because you've heard him on this show, and you've heard me talk about him, and you probably follow him on Twitter. It is none other than my husband, Daniel Quantz. Hello. Hi. Welcome. I hope I don't sound too much like Chris. <laughs> That's right. People thought you guys sound alike. Trying to change my voice. Which the interesting here. thing is, I never thought you sounded like Chris until people said that. Although I do like, I still don't think he sounds like Chris. But <laughs> I, I remember people saying that, and I think Chris has a nice voice, and I can't well, stand apparently yours. Apparently, has a beautiful is, voice. <laughs> yeah, so it was weird when I listened back to that episode because you were on the Thursday show and you were on a Monday show. Mm-hmm. When I listened back, I did hear what they were talking about. I don't know. I think maybe you Chris it up for the show. Yeah, maybe it's his nerves. Maybe. I'm coming off of traffic, too, so I get really stressed out. So the reason I'm having you on, yes, a guest did drop out, but I also wanted to have you on because we have recently gone through a hellish experience of losing our sweet little dog, um, Mm. and I feel like everyone is kind of mourning with us. So I just thought it might be nice to kind of have an episode where you come on and uh, just check in with us and symphony all of, of sorrows. And I do have to say, I love doing this show. I love interviewing people, but one of the kind of repeated thoughts, I, one of the thoughts that goes through my head constantly is, Oh, what's coming up tomorrow? Who's going to be on the show? Am I prepared? Da, da, da. And this week, because to, we are recording this on a Thursday, the whole thing with uh, Oliver, Oliver died on a Saturday. And so this week has been, I'm really thankful for work this week because it has sort of kept me, well, I don't feel like I'm sane, so it hasn't kept me sane, but I'm thankful for the work. At the same time, it's been a very weird week, so it's, very, it's been very difficult. Um, so I kept, last night, I kept thinking, oh, what's coming up tomorrow? And then I would remember that you're going to be on the show, and I went like, oh. It was just so nice and easy. I might just replace all the guests with you. (laughs) Well, I had the same experience, you know. I I went to work and I just said, bring it on. I want to get distracted all week long. But I found that um, I was just frustrating everybody because they would be talking to me and I couldn't process what they were saying and just telling them to slow down. And it was just – it's been very weird. Yeah, that's kind of what I find is that I can be in it for – you know, a percentage of the time and then my mind starts wandering. And Mm. then like Adam was talking about the catering on catch a contractor. And he mentioned that they were in some house where the grass was all, there was like a total yard that was all like just dirt. And then for some reason that got me remembering Mm -hmm. like taking Oliver uh, just, and I just, 
kind of to the almost, dirt farm. Yeah, to the dirt farm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when Oliver was times. on Catch a Contra. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I started tearing up during the mm-hmm. show. Not even anything related, just things that were making associations in my own mind. But before we get into all that, and I do think. I don't want every show to start with me saying I'm not going to get into it and then spending 25 minutes telling the story. Because at this point, I've told the whole story on the Adam Carolla show and I told it on the Thursday show. So we're not going to tell the full story. We, I will give an abridged version lest there's anyone listening who doesn't know what happened. A very abridged version. We'll get into that later. First, some pressing Allison and Daniel stuff, which is this is stuff I would normally talk to you about off air. But since it's the first time seeing you... We need to go grocery shopping tonight. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're out of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing is, and the listeners know, um, I'm supposed to have surgery to remove fibroids. Yeah. Be- and then because the, the thought is the fibroids are preventing me from getting pregnant. And then we try to get pregnant naturally. And then if that doesn't work, we do IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to the doctor today and it has this, the procedure has to happen as close to the end of your period as possible um, before you ovulate, which would mean that it ideally would be Thursday, except that I'm flying to Las Vegas for the Adam Carolla show on Friday. So Next it can't week. be that. Yeah, it can't be that Thursday because I wouldn't I, I would not be recovered enough in time. Um, so I wanted to do it the following Thursday, which would be September 4th. And so he called to schedule it for, for September 4th, but wants to put me on Provera ahead of time, which yeah, is to keep that? my <clears> – <throat> sorry, people, to jump into all this so quickly. <laughs> they're, they're like, please cheer us up with the dog story um, to keep the line the, – to prevent me from ovulating. Mm. But it's a hormone, mm. and it's the part of the birth control pill, that hormone that – I said, am I going to feel side effects? He said, well, you'll feel bloated. But I know – I could never stand being on the birth control pill because of how it affected my mood. This is the one that would totally affect my mood. Great. So I said, <laughs> I said, what would you think <laughs> about us waiting for the following month? And he mm-hmm. didn't have a problem with that. So okay. that's what I'm telling you is that I think okay. that we should wait until the following month because – under normal circumstances, I don't like to be on all, all no. those hormones, but with what's going on now yeah, and yeah, the grief, be... and I just don't want to monkey with That's it smart. with putting myself on a drug. So given my short cycles, probably it's looking like September 18th. Okay. Do you, but I mean, this affects you and our potential baby too. Do you care if I put it off? No, it's fine. Okay. I mean, it's just a month. It's not even a month. It's just I know, a few weeks. but we had already put it off for a month. I know, but it's just a few weeks at this point. I, I just I don't like think it matters happened, that much. Yeah, I feel like what happened was so out of the... I think it's probably in general we shouldn't keep putting it off, but what happened was so out of the ordinary that... I mean, I want to have a Leo baby. It's really important. <laughs> so we need to make sure that we time it right. Right. But... Okay, so you don't have to deal with me being a um, artificially hormonal mess. You know, I think I have a business trip September 18th. So. <laughs> Wait, do you don't really, do you? No. Okay. All right. So, uh... Now, should we talk about Well, did you sadness? tell him about the pain that you were having? Is that normal? No, I didn't. Okay. But I'm sure that it's fine. Okay. It's just Sorry, super- was I not supposed to ring that? Oh, no, I don't care. Okay. Um, just- I was worried. It was just super bad cramps. Okay. But thank you. That's very sweet. I'm just nervous all the time now. I know. That's something that's happened since Oliver died. Um, for both of us, I think, this just constant anxiety. It's like... I don't know if it's because 
now I feel like nothing I love is safe or if it's because of what we actually witnessed in terms of seeing him be so sick and then putting him down, which mm -hmm. wasn't peaceful. It was awful. I I can't speak for you. I think for me, it's just this sense that, you know, horrible things can happen. I just never thought, even while it was going on, I didn't think that that would happen. You know, I mean, it even just, even we thought he was going to recover. Yeah, at every stage, I yeah. always remained kind of optimistic that I, I, the idea that oh yeah, we're going to have to like, you know, put him down right away. That just seemed unthinkable. So now. I think I'm just shaken by that. It was very traumatizing. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when people talk about having panic attacks and stuff, I'm not having that, but I can understand where that's coming from. There's this like this, I described it as, um, it's a feeling like someone just told you, you have to give a commencement address at Stanford tomorrow. And, you know, you're filled with this crazy anxiety. That's the feeling. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, it's just weird and very unsettling. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, our dog, who was like our baby, uh, we went away on our honeymoon and my mom was walking him. And every time I say I'm going to make it short and then I start going blow by blow. Do you want to tell it? Tell the short version? Because I can't do the short version Mm -hmm. for some reason. I would just direct people to the Thursday episode if they want the details. The short version is um, Oliver was being walked – and he was attacked by an off-leash a giant, malamute. yeah, malamute, which is... They I mean, have a really high prey drive, those This dogs. particular dog, its nose comes up to about my, just above my navel. Like, it's a huge dog. And at Thanksgiving, I took Oliver out for a walk, and it was off-leash and came at Oliver, and I was able to pull Oliver back and get in front, and I was terrified. Yeah. It, it's a scary, it's like, it's like a dire wolf. Um, so anyway, uh, the dog picked him up, uh, I guess we, we don't know exactly what happened because it was so traumatic. I think your mother is, um, unable to remember the details, which is understandable. Um, shook him, uh, she was able to get him out within a matter of seconds and rush him to the hospital and they stitched him up. We got the call after he was stabilized right as we landed. We were taxiing in to the airport in Oahu. So that was great. We just landed in Oahu and it was like, oh, here's the call that you've been dreading. And uh, they, t- But everything was supposed to be okay. I mean, he was going to have a tough recovery. He was going to need 24-hour care. But that was the, you know, the worst was that maybe he would have a limp for the rest of his life. I would literally give anything to have him back with a limp right now it's this it's the crazy part is how you you're constantly adjusting your best case scenario you know like it just keeps getting worse till at the end it was like you know best case scenario we can bring him home you know and uh whatever um so then uh we were debating whether or not we should leave everyone was saying he was going to be okay so we decided to stick around but then the next day uh, the vet was saying that he wanted to keep him and that uh, he was concerned about some things, although we we still – tell me if I'm wrong here, but we, we still didn't have a clear idea about what the problem was at that Mm-mm. point. We knew he was anemic. When they checked him right. in, they knew he was anemic. They stitched him up and they had to do surgery to reattach. This is a longer version than my long version. <laughs> okay. So then uh, – yeah. So then uh, we ended up uh, deciding to come home because we couldn't enjoy the trip. Came home. 
Uh, they gave him a blood transfusion because, well, yeah, his hematocrit started dropping. Because, yeah, because they they his kidneys weren't working and they wanted to jumpstart his kidneys. Uh, they gave him the blood transfusion to kickstart him, but we had to wait a day. Well, they gave him the blood transfusion because his hematocrit was dropping because his red blood cells were R- oh, like right. his body was destroying his own blood. They thought maybe he had. <clears throat> they knew he had some health problem going on aside from the attack, and um, his. He was anemic, and that was, and he wasn't making any new blood cells. And they wanted to get to the bottom of that. They gave him a blood transfusion because his hematocrit was dropping, and he could have died from that. Right. But they wanted to get to the bottom of what was going on. So when, and then so we were there at that point. I called. They said that he was in kidney failure, but at that point, it was fifty fifty. Well, my understanding was they wanted to jumpstart the kidneys, and then they would diagnose why he wasn't making new blood cells. Yes, but I th- I don't know if the blood transfusion was let's do this with the idea of kickstarting the kidneys that, as much as it was like he needs blood. I think it was both. Okay. Yeah, because that's what the vet was like. We can't know if it's a kidney problem or if it's a bone marrow problem right. unless we we flood his body with blood. So right. So we had to wait till the next day. Uh, we got to see him that day, which was he was still himself that day. Uh, but then the next day we got the news that it hadn't worked and we went down there and it was really, 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 really sad. And we both knew basically that he wasn't. Well, the vet said on the phone, if it were my dog, I would put him to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. He said he didn't normally advise, you know, euthanizing your dog, but in this case. Because his blood toxic, the the level of toxins in his blood was like their machines couldn't even measure it anymore. That's how high it was. And he, he told us that Oliver had a seizure that morning. Right. Yeah, and all of the tests, as we've now come to learn, all of the tests indicated kidney failure. Right, and he suspected it was congenital. Yeah. And then I started doing research on juvenile kidney disease in dogs the night before, and once I did that, I lost all hope because it was it was him exactly. So, so the vet, I mean, the vet said that basically he was on a cliff and that the attack pushed him over the cliff. And yeah. so he was, when we left him, he was not showing i mean he was you know he was tired and you know clearly now in retrospect in retrospect there were signs throughout the year including when we took him to the vet because we thought he ate something on his walk he was suddenly like trembling and and he couldn't he was wobbly and he seemed really sick and we took him to the vet and the vet thought that we he must have eaten pot or nicotine or something in retrospect that was like that was probably on that was some of this happening also at seven months old his blood work showed that he was borderline anemic already and that he was already producing his bun was already too high now why the vet that we took him to in la because he would go through phases where he was throwing up and he had diarrhea and he wasn't eating and I would take him in and every time they would check him for worms, say he's say he's fine, say little dogs throw up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's I'm kicking my like there's so many what ifs. I'm kicking myself over everything. I feel so guilty that we didn't protect manage yeah. to protect it. I just but we I mean, part we of don't it is that part of it is like, fuck, it was so clear that he was sick. How did we not do anything? But then I think, but how could we have known the vet didn't know. My mom's dog trainer, who's around dogs all the time, didn't know. My dad, who's a doctor, didn't know. I mean, a human doctor, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, all these experts didn't know, so how can I expect us to have known? And yet still, I feel so guilty. But the, but the, it's not like the signs were, you know, he's bleeding out of his eyes or something. No. I mean, the signs were that he was... Finicky. He, he slept, you know, a lot during the day. Well, dogs sleep a lot, you right. know, and he... He drank a lot of water. Well, maybe he's a dog that drinks a lot and of his water. His pee is is 
it doesn't seem to have much color. Yeah, oh, jeez, is that even who even knew that was a thing? Oh, right. his pee is clear. Oh, my pee is clear. Sometimes I mean, I you know, it's like, and then and then I remember when we had him and he was a puppy, and I would run into you know other dog owners on walks and they would be like, and you know he was really frisky. And I'm like, when is he going to, you know, calm down? They're like, eh, about a year and a half, he'll he'll slow down. Right. And I was so the fact that he'd slowed down, it was like expecting it. So it just it was a lot of. But in uh, retrospect, I think slow slowing down means something different than yes. what he was doing because what he was doing is sleeping for most of the day. Right. And then the thing that I think really was a sign, but I did notice it. I just didn't know what it meant. Was one day so. He, I, I've mentioned before he loves the sunshine. Anytime, like I have a picture of him in the kitchen where there's this, this diamond of sunshine coming through the window and he's in the middle of it. You know that picture? Mm-hmm. Um, so Daniel, I don't forget where we'd gone. We went away for a couple nights um, and came home and, and Daniel, you left your suitcase open in our bedroom mm-hmm. with your clothes in it. And it happened to be where the, su- the sunlight was streaming towards it. So Oliver turned that into yeah. His bed. He was, cute. He was sleeping. <laughs> he in loved suitcase. every day. He was sleeping in that suitcase. But one day I couldn't find him, and I opened our closet where it's dark, and he was in there sleeping on a pile of clothes. And I was like, "That's weird that he chose a non-sunny chose this dark, yeah because we have sun cave. We always basically. have sun, you know, right. in our in our place in in the we have in the bedroom in the morning, but then in the afternoon and evening. And to me, that meant in the that living room. he doesn't feel well. But yeah. then I've later learned that dogs, when they're sick, will go off and be alone. Yeah. So and I had even said I don't think he's feeling well. But I, I just want to say. You know, if this attack hadn't happened on yeah. him and the vet, this is what the vet told us too, we may have been able, you know, these signs were there. We may have been able to find out something was wrong with him and we would have had a chance to do tests to find out what exactly he had, yeah. maybe change you his can diet. Pro- there's all these ways prolong you can prolong his life. their life and that's what kills and me. And I'd like, fucking give anything for a day or a week. But, I know. you know, and, and, and not to mention that he died in an an extra amount of pain. So the whole well, that's thing, another thing, cause we would say to the vet, is he suffering? And he's like, he's, well, he's in, he's in pain from his injuries. I mean, I never got to see, he, he couldn't stand. I never got to see him out of his bandages. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we got down to the vet, uh, on the final day. And at the beginning, he still, he was like licking us and, um, still seemed to have some life in him. We took him outside and he actually wagged his tail and was yeah. standing for a couple of seconds. And I have a video happy. of this, you know, the, yeah. the little guy. He was like, he was sort of there when we got him. He was clearly not, you know, a happy guy, but he was happy to see us from, you know. And then, well, when we first w- walked in, the vet was like, you know, you can take him outside if you want. We asked if we could take him outside. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's fine. Because we had taken him outside the day before to pee, and he seemed yeah. so, to perk up once he was outside. Right. Which he, is another level of guilt I have of like, and I know this is insane, but like, what if we just take him out of the hospital and just nursed him back to health at home? I know we couldn't have. Impossible. I know the science says we couldn't his, have. His, his brain was flooding with toxins. It was like um, this pressure he was, was building and building. He was so, being poisoned by his own blood. Exactly. So he, he was... It, it, he would have died on the way home. I, mean, I know. We, we, you know, we took him outside. We, he stood there. He wagged his tail. He looked around. He was clearly – he perked up. And then he – there's this moment where he pulls back 
and he looks yeah. around and he looks at me like what's happening and he's like oh my god and i feel and that was and then he started to have this seizure and i went up to him and i i grabbed him and i put my hand under his head and he was just it was awful through a tiny wallet in his mouth yeah i did i put a little tiny wallet in his mouth and uh you know he he it was just awful and but i i i think of that moment and i think you know really like that's when we lost him yeah. because after that, I mean, he, he, he sort of stopped seizing and he looked around and he was really confused and he looked at me and he, I think he was, I think, well, who knows what a dog is feeling, you know, but I, 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 I thought he was, it seemed like he was scared and confused. And so, you know, we took him back inside and then that, and then, you know, you asked the tech uh, about it and the seizure. I asked the tech if the seizure was because we'd taken him outside. And he said, no, this is just what happens to their kidney. This right. is just what happens when there's that many toxins Which in the blood. Which is true, except it's also um, the, when the vet later said, oh, yeah. yeah but then the vet, yeah, said, oh, yeah, it's it's when you move him, this happens. Because yeah. when they'd gotten a blood sample that morning, he'd had right. a seizure. I think both are true. I think moving him you know, we'll bring it on. But if we hadn't moved him, he would have, you see, I don't regret it because I don't regret taking him outside because, um, yeah, he might not have seized so quickly, but he was going to seize. And the fact that we were able to give him some last moments out, like on the grass and in the sunshine to me, I mean, it gives me a tiny bit of solace in this disaster. The part that chills me though, is if the vet's thinking was this dog is going to be dead, we're putting this dog down in a few hours anyway, probably, or he's going to be dead or whatever. So it doesn't matter, like whatever they want to do. Like if I yeah. had said, can we swing him around? Would that be cool? Or I mean, I know not, I, obviously they don't want, you know, like in what way when we said, can we bring him? Can we take him outside? What we meant is. Will it hurt him or harm him in any way to right. take him outside? Should we not? I mean, he did say, "Yeah, just keep him." Yeah, he didn't. Seem... He said, "Just bring the." And IV then when out we told him you. what happened, when we told him what happened, it it wasn't like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." It was like, "Yeah, you know," it, it, he didn't seem too concerned. He that said it we could give him anti seizure medication, but that would just not I, that would just make him unconscious. I don't know if this is what the vet was thinking, but my feeling was that he, on some level, was happy that this had happened so that we would be um, able to make the decision we ultimately made. If, you know, like he, I think he thought that Oliver needed to be put down, but if we hadn't seen that, um, it might've been a lot harder for us as it was, you know, it was, it was like he deteriorated so quickly after that. I just think he would have deteriorated that quickly regardless. That's kind of what I think. Because I think it's like it's just building and building and building. I don't know. I but don't my, know. You don't think so? I mean, but we're talking about a matter of maybe Hours. minutes. Well, maybe like a half hour to an hour max. Like he was definitely. The difference of, you yeah. mean, that he would have deteriorated Yeah, like we sped it anyway? up. We sped up his deterioration, but not by like a day. We sped it up by probably a matter of. Right, like he was super not doing well by 1 p.m. And you're saying if we hadn't taken him outside, he would have gotten to that point by 2 p.m.? He was going to start seizing without moving him around. Right. I mean, he was having tremors. 
You right. know, he was having, he was like, sh- yeah. So what? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So he, he deteriorated and we just, it was just, I couldn't stand it. And I couldn't, I was full of dread that he was about to have another one. That was so awful. And so we made the choice to um, call the vet in and and Because it seemed that. like he was suffering. It seemed like he was suffering and it also seemed like he wasn't there anymore. He wasn't there. He, he was like... He was barely there. I mean, I think there was... He started to try to move towards us but it was hard to tell if he could even see us and then yeah the vet said he was in a semi-lucid state he was um because like the brain can't function with that many toxins i mean you know and and like a few days later because i was feeling really guilty about that um about our decision to well just you know i think it's it's impossible not to feel guilty no matter what because you just i feel horrified by it although i this is the thing i think whether we euthanized him or not, he was going to be dead within a few hours. Right. But then I think, but then why didn't we wait? Because then we would know for sure, except that I think that that would have, I think we would have felt guilty if we, I felt guilty. I felt like, like when at the point we did it, I felt like it's not fair to not help him. Like he's, uh, he's so dying. The reason dying we didn't right wait to find out is because waiting to find out would have been horrible. It wouldn't have been right for him. It would have but been. we believe that. I think that's. I hope that's true. I want that it's to be true. true. But it's like. But have we interviewed dead dogs to find out we, how we, it was? I, it's true. This is what happens with with this kind of kidney failure. Is that that it's they start seizing and they start seizing more frequently. Like they he. To, but it's sort of like how they say neutering dogs is more humane. And my thing has always been like, let's get a dog's opinion. Right. Right. Um, <sighs> I know. Well, the part that's hard is you know you you. You know, you care for this creature who, and especially in Oliver's case, he was such a, a, he was such a sweet, um, trusting little soul. Like, you know, there, there are dogs that you meet who just seem very, fairly self-sufficient. I mean, Neil Brennan's dog was just out there and that was a big pit bull. And you you don't worry about that dog. That dog could get loose and run around. You're like, he'll he'll be all right. But Oliver wasn't street Oliver smart. Oliver <laughs> put, uh, yeah, he wasn't street smart. He put all of his trust in us. And so, you, you know, that brings on a sense of responsibility. So what's hard is like to think in that moment that the very best thing, the very best, most uh, compassionate, loving decision that I can make in this moment right now is to end your, is the worst thing that you could possibly do. Is it one thing I've been trying to, it's just this weird cognitive dissonance where i can't quite square it oh i mean the greatest cognitive dissonance was and i've talked about this the youth and i thought it would be peaceful i thought he would just go from being asleep to asleep and not breathing i.e dead instead when they put the injection in the iv he sat he went i mean he was like comatose before and he suddenly sat up and yelped a, bun- a number of times like he was in pain. And then he like sputtered. It was just, it was like watching mm-hmm. a, a botched lethal ex- injection. I mean, it mm-hmm. was beyond horrifying. 
And the minute that started happening, the second I wanted to be like, can we wait, wait, stop. Like, but it's like the the drugs are already in his body. I didn't know what I wanted. That was the weirdest thing. So it's mm-hmm. like the thing that I want is the thing that I don't want, which is mm-hmm. for him to be dead. I could, that moment, that oh, moment that was haunts, the worst. Yeah. That moment haunts because it, the feeling was just, and maybe we would have had this feeling anyway, but it was just the, the sudden understanding of how irreversible Yes. This choice was. I didn't think we would be able to live inside that moment. Right. Like we did. And it was just like, oh my God, we just did this thing and then he's gone. You know, it's like the horror. And it's really the only word I've been able to think of to describe was, the feeling of any of this well, that's is horror. Part of why I think we're so anxious right now is right. because I do feel like we witnessed a murder. Right. So then it's like your dog's gone and you, and it's just like the sudden knowledge of how irreversible that was is what just now there are people listening who've gone through this or had loved ones die and they know what this is like this is the first time i've ever experienced that that i've been in the room for anything so for me it's like i'm i'm just processing that for the first time it's awful (laughs) i want to and i should say listeners who are still listening Thank you for listening because this just got this got so much darker and sadder than I and just awfuler than I expected. But that's been our life recently. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like this has been like way too real. Even we though don't that's have kind to of keep no, 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 no. I think it's it's fine. I mean, we're working through it, and uh, and hopefully they they'll indulge us a little longer. Um, so how are you doing now? I'm. You know, it's. Um, I hate to say that I'm doing better. Uh, I think I actually went to therapy this morning <laughs> and, um, that helped a little. He, we walked through the sort of terrain of grief and what, what it is sort of in a, in terms of a process. Uh, well, one thing I actually, one thing he, he talked about that was helpful was he talked about, um, he had a dog and, uh, that he had to put down and he told me about that. And it was, it, the story of that was pretty not the same, but it was similar in that there was something about it that was, um, you know, he, he kind of had to push his dog who didn't want to go to the, you know, and he seemed to know that it was, he was going to be euthanized. And it was like this very oh. traumatic thing, but he told told me how he, how he processed that. And it was really helpful because it kind of gave me one of the things that I've been worried about is that I'll never be able to get over that moment that, that every time I look at photos or videos, I just think, yeah, he was happy, but I know how it ended and I can't get that out of my head. I can't get over that experience. And I think that, um, what, one thing that I, he said was that, you know, you, you don't ever forget it. You just stop thinking about it. And yeah. And you start thinking about the positive things. It's just your mind can't stay on it. Um, so is that because you heal or is it because your brain just like can't do it anymore? Like, you get I don't fatigued. know why I think I honestly, I think that what happens is you, um, your brain, um, your brain will um, desensitize you a little bit to it so that it's not so immediately painful. But I think also your brain just avoids it mostly. I think the thing that's been weird for me is that the level of grief each day is not lessening a tiny bit. Today, for some reason, was a little bit better, but, and I don't know if that's because I was kind of, there was some 
shock and numbness that set in at the beginning. It just, it happened. I just, I can't believe we never got to take him home. I mean, it was just so weird and so fast and so nightmarish because if someone asked what's the worst thing that could ever happen to you at this point in my life, it would be something happening to our little guy. So it's like, it just feels so surreal i mean every now and then just the reality of what has actually happened just hits me oh thank you caitlin <laughs> Brought tissue. thank you very much um hits me and it just you know like last night we were i mean one of the things that's been really hard is just doing our regular routine of things yeah. like get like getting up in the morning mm-hmm. and eating dinner um and so we were eating dinner last night and i was able to sort of distract myself a little bit and this suddenly I had the it's this feeling of like we're here in a warm house and I feel like our guy who we're supposed to protect, it, it's like he's out there in the cold being mangled. Now, granted, that's not what's happening now because he's dead already. Mm-hmm. But this feeling of like, oh, my God, how can we sit here? How can we be sitting here acting like things are okay they're not okay now i don't know what we should do in response to that but it's just this thing it's almost like i don't know if it's ptsd i don't know if it's guilt i don't and then guilt my therapist (laughs) thinks that all of that is a defense against the helplessness the guilt actually is part of the you know, the five stages of grieving. Guilt's or, not one of them. Yes, it is. It's, it the, is? it's part of the bargaining. Oh. The bargaining, you see, I always thought bargaining was like, you know, oh, dear God, I will quit eating chocolate or whatever if the fuck. If you save this person. If you save it, actually, part of it is also, it is that, but it's also the what ifs. You know, what well, What if, you know, this happened or what if this happened or what if we had done this? Does that mean if, we're past the anger phase? Because I'm not. Well, I'll get, <laughs> I'll get to that. But it's like it, the, the, you know, the questions that you had, like, well, but or, or maybe it wasn't, you know, this. Or, oh, yeah. I should tell bar- listeners. That's bargaining. I, so after I told the story on the Adam Carolla show, a couple of well-meaning, but I don't think it helped, medical people got in touch to say that that they questioned the vet's analysis of everything. So then I was like, oh, my God. And I started going insane, being like, what if it was this? 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 So I asked for his lab work, and it shows that based right. on what they told me, and what I, process- it shows that it, w- it really was what the vet thought it was. And I've actually cause, – because people have been like, is that really going to make you feel better to get this information? Because I've been like a reporter on this. And it, but it does make me feel better because now I don't have to worry about that. Now I can worry about I, other things. I can understand why they would ask you that. But now that, not I, bring them back. now that I understand this a little better, I don't know that they necessarily should have been saying that to you. It, it kind of implies that there's you have a faulty um, – there's something faulty coping. with your coping yeah. mechanism. But actually that is very naturally part of the process to – to to you know ask those questions and obsess on those questions because you're you're trying to bargain with the nature of this new reality. Well, I know that it's part of it because I I have experienced significant loss mm-hmm. prior to this in my life and I know that when someone very close to me died, I went insane like wanting to you know, well, it was a suicide, so it was something where there was more of a mist. Well, this is mysterious too, but so I like wanted the police report, and I wanted this, and I wanted everything as if I would somehow right. arrive at something that would make me feel better. 
Yes. So I know this just feels reminiscent. But so so explain more about the, the stages in the bargaining. Well, the thing about first thing about the stages is it isn't a clear cut. You go from this stage to this stage to this stage to this stage. It's like you're constantly drifting back and forth. And you may be on one stage for a minute, and then it's so. It's, you tend to think like now that I, now I'm in this stage, and this is where I'll be for a while, and then I'll mm-hmm. be in this stage. You'll kind of go back, and you know you'll have the bargaining again. And um, really, it's just more about um, trying to get to the final place where you can just accept what happened. Um, so yeah, the bargaining, you know, part where you're 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 going over everything that you did or could have done or why couldn't I have done this or whatever. Uh, you know, and then I forget, I forget the order of them, but there's, I think it's shock, denial, anger, bargaining. I think acceptance. bargaining might be second, but I might. Oh, really? Think, yeah. But I don't know. But yeah, it's, uh, well, I think denial is first. I think denial and then bargaining. Yeah. And then, um, but anyway, is it shock one of them or no? I, see, I don't remember them all, but it's like, I think Gary's pulling it up. Okay. But, um, I was, I was, I think I'm in just sadness or depression i'm in the second to last one i'll go back and forth but like i'm just in that really just completely numbed out can't feel anything and and i'm in a daze does he have it up yes oh i didn't know that depression was one of them so it's shock and no denial and isolation then anger then bargaining then depression and then acceptance yeah so i didn't stay too long and that did say that the bargaining was can you bring the put the bargaining part up? The normal reaction to feelings. Of, so this is on Psych Central. The, the, excuse me. Bargaining. The normal reaction to feelings of helplessness and vulnerability is often a need to regain control. And then it says, if only we had sought medical attention sooner. If only we got a second opinion from another doctor. If only we had tried to be a better person toward them. Secretly, we may make a deal with God or our higher power in an attempt to postpone the inevitable. This is a weaker line of defense to protect us from the painful reality. I had no idea this was all part of bargaining. So you felt like something was wrong with you. Like, oh, this is another person telling me I don't have good, you know, uh, whatever coping skills or something like that, that I'm I'm extra neurotic or whatever it happens to be. It's perfectly normal. And I I don't know why, but like hearing that this is how it goes is comforting. It's not, it's like, okay. I think it's comforting because, because it gives me hope that, that, I mean, you know, you're going to work through it. You know that, you know, but it's, it sometimes feels like, good Lord, is this, ever going to subside like am i ever going to be able to live with this you know and 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 i think you just will get to a place where you know no you're not ever not sad about it but you're not it's you can actually start to think about you know one of the things he he kept saying was like you know having me focus on the good memories you know and and then he asked me you know would you do it again would you know would you if you could make the choice again to have Oliver, um, knowing how it works out, would you do it again? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, I would too. I, I w- totally. Like, the the joy that that dog gave me in the year and a half is I mean, immeasurable. Yeah, I would, but here's the thing. When I said, yeah, I would too, I was like, see, but secretly, we would <laughs> do all those things. his life. We would do, we well, would. Right, I wouldn't, you know. Uh, yes, things. I would. And I would do it all day. But if, if we had to do it exactly. But, I mean, but even, if, if we, even if it had to be exactly the same. That's what I, I, I think that's the question. It's not, I would, you, would, would yes. you go back to the vet I two weeks would. ago? And, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely I would. And, you know, I keep thinking about, you know, I'm a person who, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I've always, my mom always said, I had the weight of the world on my shoulders ever since I was a baby. I would sleepwalk and I would mutter, you know, I need to get organized or whatever. I was always like, <laughs> how old were you when you said that? I think I was like 12 or 11 or something. And, um, you know, like what 11 year old is worried about organization skills, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, you know, so like happiness, being happy in the moment is something I'm not great at. And I was thinking, you know, on Sunday afternoons for the last year, you'd go off to work, which was great. <laughs> and I would just spend the afternoon with peanut and it would just be, and I would, by that point, whatever, you we know, called him Oliver peanut was his name. So he has a thousand and one nicknames yes. all having to do with variations of peanut, the nut. Right. Um, and so me and the nut, um, <laughs> would spend the afternoons together and we'd hang out in the living room and we have a fairly big living room and we have these big windows and the sun would still creep and stretch across the room. And he was always wanting to be in the sunlight and we would just hang out on the floor and we'd play. And then we'd go on these long walks in the afternoon. And it, those moments were the best moments of the week. I was so content and just in the moment and happy and, you know, this dog, like, this is, this is so stupid, but it's like, this is going to sound cheesy. I've been so fucking cheesy lately. It's ridiculous. You know, like those old ladies that have the, they lose their poodle and they have the, the framed, the, rainbow bridge poem on their wall and you go mm, cheesy and i would that do that if the rainbow bridge poem didn't make me cry every time I, i'm I read that old it. lady yeah. <laughs> like, i'm like totally that but um <laughs> ridiculous but um i'm pretty sure you're allowed yeah <laughs> thanks gary um so uh you know he would especially like in the mornings i'd take him out to go pee and he i'd wait usually just wake him up and then haul him outside and um he'd pee and then i would like kind of go okay we need to go further because there's more uh business that has to be done here <laughs> and he would uh oftentimes not wa- you know he, he was still sleepy and he would sit <laughs> and then he would tilt his head back yeah. and the sun would shine in his face and he would squint, squint his eyes and he had this look of just pure contentment and i would kneel down and I would um, press his little head against my knee and, you know, pet him. And he was just so happy. And I, and I, and so I, anyway, I was thinking about, thanks. Um, I was thinking that about that as I was walking to work the other day and I, um, and so I kind of took my sunglasses off and I was like, what was the big deal here? And I, and I, you know, <laughs> like, what's so great about what's that? What's so great about the sun? Yeah. And so I, um, there were all these workers, by the way, there's like these auto body shops right there. And they're like, what's this guy doing? Um, and I took my sunglasses off and I tilted my head back and I let the sun kind of warm my face and I squinted my eyes. And it was like, you know, you're, it, it wasn't since I was a kid that I'd done something like that, you know, where you notice how red your eyelids get, you know, because the sun is, is coming through and you know, my, my eyes were teary. So, so the sun was streaking through my, my eyelashes and, um, I was like, this is pretty great. This is pretty great. Like, I think, I think one thing that dogs, maybe pets in general, give us um, is this ability to live in the moment and, f- and realize that happiness is something that you can experience at any moment. Like, you don't ha- – it's not this thing that you have to pursue. It's not a um, – it's not some puzzle you have to solve. It's, 
just a choice that you can make. You can, you can. Well, that's know. the thing that just one of the things that kills me is I think I can't believe I was ever depressed in the past year and a half. And I spent a big, two big chunks of it being depressed. Like I couldn't have been more of a just like mopey. Yeah. Just, oh, you man. want to talk about the wedding now? or <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, I was going through some shit. Yeah. And yet he was alive. Why wasn't I just happy that he was alive? And it right. made me realize the next time I get upset about something, I need to keep in – I mean, I guess that's what they mean about being grateful. Like I need to remember, yes, this thing sucks, but look at look at the loved ones that I'm surrounded by. And, and the thing is like he those, didn't that, know that. That's, it's not a guarantee that they'll stay there. I actually was thinking about that. I, I Despite what you're saying – I think we did a pretty great job of appreciating him in the time we had him. Yes, I don't think I just he mean, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Sorry, I cut you off. No, that's all right. But I agree. We did not withhold love from him. He was loved. We, he was, I mean, we had a wonderful time with him. I'm just saying in general, why, why was I ever depressed? Because now if he were here, I'd be well, like, well, how did that Maybe that's happen? his gift to us is, is in some small way, you know, it's a reminder every now and then to just stop worrying about this stuff and be happy. You know what else you should not worry about? Tell me. Well, you should worry about your underwear if it's especially old. Always. How old is your underwear, Daniel? Um, I have let's noticed see. there is a pair. There, the head kind of is a little... I keep a couple pair. long in the tooth. <laughs> yeah, I, ke- I keep a couple uh, older pair around. They're sort of like, uh, you know, when... Uh, tellers have a receipt and you get to the end of the roll and it's like the red ink tells you <laughs> so it's like it tells me i need to do the laundry your underwear. yeah well a recent survey showed that men keep their underwear for an average of seven years how those special indicator underwear you're talking oh, about way older college women's reactions to this study gross don't embarrass yourself when you drop your drawers it's time you knew about meundies.com meundies has the most comfortable underwear you've ever tried they fit perfectly they don't ride up on you they literally pull moisture away from your skin so you're cool all day long and they are local they work from a small warehouse in la and they don't take themselves too seriously don't you hate pretentious underwear manufacturers they're a scourge and they look great. They make you look great. Go to MeUndies.com and check out the pics of men's underwear and sexy women's lace thongs. High-quality materials for your high-quality materials. And at under 20 bucks a piece, you can change your underwear more than once every seven years. 20 bucks. It's easily half of what other premium designers charge. Shipping is free for the U.S. and Canada. So you guys, go to MeUndies.com slash Allison before September 1st and get 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash Allison. Again, that's before September 1st. Okay. Back to the sadness. <laughs> Although, I don't know how much more of the sadness we have in us. Uh, it's been a lot. I need to get that. So oh. there's this video of Oliver doing agility stuff at the Zoom room, which is this place that we used to go um, where they have classes. And in the back is Green Day's Time of Your Life, is that what it's called? Yeah. Playing. And Daniel pointed out just how sort of the significance of that song in in the video. And since then, I can't get the song out of my head. And like I'm, I'm going to stick an ice pick in my brain. Not because <laughs> yeah, I hate that song, but because it's too sad. It's pretty sad. Yeah, I know. In, in the context of everything. It was weird because I was going through old photos and videos and, and saw that. And it was such a 
you know, I think you're uh, the way I'm, I'm wired. I'm always looking for meaning and things like that. So it's like watching that video and just having that song on in the background. It just was this crazy feeling of um, the way I put it was it felt like something was whispering to me through time as though that moment it, it felt like that like that moment. Um, there was a knowledge in that moment. Um, like it was a memory, even like while we were experiencing it or something, it, it, it was crazy. Um, of course it's just a song on the radio that's played a million times, but uh, you know, yeah. I don't even remember that song playing when we were there. I, that's the thing. It's like this subliminal, like, Hey, you know, right. Like appreciate this moment. And we did, though. Um, I did. You know, that's one thing I don't regret. I, yeah. like, I loved that dog up. Like, <laughs> I, like, I was always on the floor playing with him and giving him hugs and kisses and just to Making the point where with him just, in public. just slobbering, <laughs> yeah, like, French kissing him, like, just <laughs> on walks, you know, where <laughs> we, I joked about this because we'd go on walks and then sometimes he would, he would um, come up behind us and, and kind of tap. Our calves. Legs, yeah. He start well when he was little, or he would do it with his nose. He would just tap my yeah. calf, and uh, and I'd look back, and then he'd get all waggly, <laughs> and uh, and I would I go, "What do you want?" And then um, I'd crouch down. He'd leap into my arms because he just wanted hugs and kisses. And he would. He, this is a dog that just would lick your mouth, and I think he was just trying to eat your boogers or something because he was like <laughs> he was always licking your nose. And I I look I look up one time and there's this guy sitting in a car staring at me. And I was like, this guy just watched me make out with my dog, <laughs> but I didn't give a shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I feel like all we did was love him, tell him how much we loved him, talk to yeah. each other about how much we loved him. Like yeah. he was really, how many dogs are, are carried to bed at night? I carried that fucking dog to bed every night. Every night he would fall asleep <laughs> on me. He but here's the thing that people need cat. to understand though. Like this is not a dog. Like, okay, you've watched Caesar Milan and, and you're thinking, Oh, this dog is the pack thinks he's the pack leader. This dog he was so never thought he was the pack leader. He was ba- He was bottle fed since he was little and he was always, he's just so submissive. Um, I never would have done that if it was a dog that was willful in any way. He, he, he was just, it was weird. Like he was like a baby. Well, that was, that was one of the thoughts that was making me sad earlier. I was remembering that when we went to see him in the vet the first time, he was trying to flip over onto his back to give us his belly, yeah. but he was so bandaged up and in pain, he couldn't really. And I, I was like putting my arm around him so that he wouldn't flop mm-hmm. over, you know, so that he realized he could just lean against me, but he st- I think he still did roll onto his back. He rolled onto his side. Yeah, I had my arm there so he would like wouldn't keep rolling. That was the first day that we saw him. Right. He couldn't the do it the second day. No, day. I don't need No, the second day but I had his, I put his whole bed on my lap and he did kind of get I have a his picture of closer. him where his his head is resting on your chest. Yeah. Sweet. And it Yeah, and actually it felt I remember saying, Oh, this this sort of feels like how it used to be. And I wish there was a blanket in there so that I could wrap around mm. us. Yeah, it's um, it's going to take us a while, I think, to get over this. But and then we're talking about getting a, a puppy, and all of our various feelings about that. I think I'm a little closer to being ready than you are. You know, I, I, I'm all over the place on it because I, I I know I want a puppy. 
you know a dog you mean you want a dog well right i want right. a dog um well puppies become dogs did Is that you know? how that works? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always I knew it was either that They're they the become same. dogs. It's like tadpoles become frogs. Right. Did you know oh, that? I did not. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy's become kangaroos. No, I'm not sure about that. Okay. Um, they become M and M's. Yeah. Sprinkles. Okay. Right. Pokey. Pokies Jimmy's are M and M's. Nerds become. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I I, de- I definitely want to. Get one, and I understand the the heat. People have been saying, you know, oh god, you got to get another dog because it's it'll help you through this and all that. I get it. I I, I think that I have a fear that um, I'm not. That I have a, a multitude of fears. I think one is I I don't want to. I don't know that I can fully engage with another dog right now. You know, and and love another dog. Although people say oh, they'll make you, you can't. You don't. You don't worry about that. But I think the biggest one is just I don't think I we, we I, I want to say we're gonna get another yeah. dog. So it's like it's we're not just, we're it's just the, it the, the fear is that is I think seeing this dog in Oliver's space is going to underline that, that he's, gone. he's gone. Yeah, you know I know I get it. He's gone, but it's and I need to accept that. But but. I don't know. Like, I think right now I'm able to just kind of hold on, hold back some of the grief because I, it's well, like, we've it's not made our house look like how it looked before we ever had him. Right. So it's like, we can so sort almost, of just connect to that part versus if we have another dog, it's like a, a third reality. And I don't know where, but it's like, it's almost like maybe we change the place where the dog that's what hangs I was, out. That's or what I was just saying when you were saying, because so yeah. we have this little room off of our kitchen. What is that room for? Is it? It's like a pantry, I think. It's like, or, it's huge or maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a br- breakfast room breakfast or something. Or like, I, I wonder if init- I wonder if you're supposed to put a table in there and eat in there, but then there's also so. the, the, the dining room. That's where you eat your eggs and toast. Okay. And read the newspaper and read and the, yeah. Clear your throat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really like Oliver's room basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, as you were saying that I was thinking, yeah, let's just not if we get right. when we get a new dog, let's just not put the dog in there because that's we're so accustomed to that being Oliver's and then, place. And then it was like we were we were talking about having Oliver sleep in the bed, um, you know, once we got a king size bed. Oh, that was another. We kept ta- when Oliver was in the at the vet, but when we thought he was still going to come home, right. we we're like we have to get a bed that's lower to the ground well, so that he can be on it. Well, now us. we have a king size bed. And so the new dog can sleep in that bed, but then I'm going to feel bad because poor little sweet nut never, never got to, and he always liked being on the bed. Well, we're not going to want the puppy to be sleeping in the bed before it's mm. potty trained anyway. Well, you know, no, but, but eventually. Right. So I don't know. These are all things that'll work out. So we it's have just- a king size mattress that's currently sitting in the middle of our living room because we don't have the um it's it's a Casper which is this uh mattress that you can get online and it's memory foam and latex it's but, like a hybrid yeah, of some but sort but they just make the mattress they don't sell any support for it because it can go on the floor or it can go on a on any sort of bed frame so we got it. Like everything was happening fast when this happened. We got it. We don't have the the frame for it yet because we didn't know how, how high we want it. So right now it's just in the middle of the living room. And we also don't know what to do with our old mat. So yeah. it's like, yeah, we don't know what well, to do. Well, we're going to put that one in the living room. So, right. <laughs> But when we first got this Casper, 
Yeah. Oliver was so excited it. by it because it was this king size mattress we got it, in the middle of the living room. We got and it, it days like a, before our trip. It was and like yeah, it was like a humongous dog bed. For he him. loved it. He would jump around Two on it, up. and he was yeah, and, and he never really got a chance to. No, know. but yeah, but if you and I were ever like trying out the mattress, he would hop up and then and sleep it in between us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what's a good distraction? What's that? Hulu Plus. Mm. You know Hulu. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch shows on your schedule. Hulu Plus has all the current season episodes of your favorite shows like Colbert Report, Family Guy, Once Upon a Time. And they have current season... No, I just said that. What am I saying? You can watch every episode of shows like Grey's Anatomy, Hell's Kitchen, The Good Wife... Have you ever seen Good Wife, Daniel? Never. You should. I. You should get into it. I, it's pretty good. I'm not interested. That's not how this. I works. would only be interested in the Good Husband. It's probably a good call. The Bad <laughs> Husband. You got to get into Revenge. No, I. I, uh, I have a friend who was a writer on that, so I really should watch it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Look how much I don't know. You can block off a day just to binge watch. You can watch on your phone, your tablet, train on the train, at work, at the dentist, in the bathroom. That's the kind of thing I would do. I like to. That's why you're in there so long. That's right. <laughs> I'm watching stuff and powdering my nose. Seven ninety nine a month. Get your shows anytime, anywhere. Right now, I'm offering you guys a special two-week free trial when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Allison. That's a whole extra week free. Please make sure to use HuluPlus.com slash Allison so you get an extended free trial and they know that we sent you. It helps us keep the lights on and gives you a better deal. One more time for the extended free trial. That's HuluPlus.com slash Allison. Of course, you can also click on the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com, the Hulu Plus banner there. And then they'll be like, oh, look, Allison Rosen sent them we love her so do they fart a lot on the good wife because if yes, you're watching that yes interesting interesting okay. it's i only watch shows that with a lot of farts and that's what you're hearing makes sense yeah how do you feel about the fact that i, I just stopped even closing doors when i go in the bathroom it's disturbing have you noticed yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a disturbing trend. <laughs> but have you noticed, really? Because the thing is, our bathroom is off of the office. Right. So I will just absentmindedly go on in there, not realizing that you're in the office. And then I'll be like, oh. I'm watching the situation closely. If it get, starts to get worse, critical. we'll have to, yeah. <laughs> uh, just saying the word critical made me remember yeah. the whole vet saying he's... And he's like, at this point, I would say he's critical. And we're like, great. What does that even mean? And what it meant was he wouldn't stay alive without everything they were doing at the vet. Right. He wouldn't have. (sighs) I know. I know. I can't believe I'm envious of people who get to bring their pet home and put them to sleep in their own home. Although that sounds well, that, aw- that initially sounded awful, because, you know, but then all of a sudden I realized how I just wanted to be able to bring him home and have him right. like have him on hospice, basically. Well, that's what I was saying before. That. It's like, you know, it started out, OK, uh, best case scenario is he recovers fully. And then best case scenario is he has a limp and, yeah, and you know, and, and then the, of dogs. right. And then best case scenario is he has Addison's disease or something where he needs to, and you know, treatment. And, yeah, right, and, the, right. Right. We have to give him a shot and every that, Every week, right? That wow. was best case scenario for a moment, and then best case scenario was, oh, maybe we can give him a kidney transplant or dialysis. dialysis. And then best case scenario is, 
maybe we can bring him home and have him die at home. I mean, it's like the the horror of and that, that declining all in like three days. Right. It was just. I think that part of why this is so traumatic is how quickly we never had a chance to process no. what was going on. Um, and I th- I feel like that's what the attack robbed from us was the ability to uh, really kind of um, d- have a chance to, to fight for our dog and, and be his advocate. Um, the attack part is the part that's the most upsetting because right. thinking of how he must have felt and – yeah, this is a dog who Ugh. never knew fear. I mean, this is a dog. If he if he heard a motorcycle, he would run towards the motorcycle. Yeah. He he didn't fear. He didn't know that there were things in this world to be afraid of. No. So the fact that like he he it's then nervous. experienced such terror and then loneliness and it, that 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 haunts me too. But I, I think I know the the experience of his last days. Um, oh. but, but I I do want to say. You know, you have the best listeners. I I never, you know, it's funny, this social media stuff, I've never really taken it too seriously. Um, And when, especially on Facebook, when people will send each other condolences or whatever, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, or someone tweets at you. But I got to say, the outpouring of just really, really kind um, messages on Instagram and on Twitter have been really helpful. I mean, I can't respond yeah, to everybody, but it's like, it's so nice that, because it feels, I don't know, maybe you don't feel, I feel a little ridiculous on a certain level, you know, grieving so hard about a dog. I mean, I get it. Like there are people out there who've, they're, they're way worse tragedies, you know, and people have lost children and stuff, you know, I, I get it. This is not the worst a person can experience. But it's still pretty awful, and you, to to have people validate that, and and um, I don't know, it it's so I just want to thank everybody for that because it's really for both of us been, it's, you know, yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, I'm getting a lot and a, a lot of people contacting me and writing in, and it helps. A lot of people who are like, I had a similar experience, and they kind of lay that out, and mm-hmm. it does help. I think it's like I think naturally as humans we're the way we're supposed to process this is the tri- the tribe is supposed to get together and you're supposed to talk about it and tell stories. I feel like we need to have a funeral for him. Like, it does, are there people yeah. who do dog funerals? But but I think that um, in today's world where everyone's so fractured and and alone for the most part, um, we don't have that. So social media and this like become that for us. So it's been nice. But in all seriousness. Do people do dog funerals? Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah, I don't know how that would go for us, but um, yeah, people people do that, of course. Because it just seems like maybe to put some sort of cap on it. I don't know. At well, the same time, I feel like that that sounds like it would be really painful. Right. So anyway, just me or everyone. All right. Tony DeCoste says, I spend my summers wondering why nobody else is sweating as much as me, just me or everyone. I spend every day like that. (laughs) (laughs) I go through phases. Sometimes I'm sweating. Well, you know what it is? Okay. I think most people know this about me. I like winter wear. I like to dress Mm. as if it's winter. Mm -hmm. I'm not a like, woo, summer, take it all off. 
I'm a like, woo, summer, put it all on and sweat. And I get a, a, I get a sweat stash. It's where the, my upper lip sweats. So, I, yes, I know this because I am sweating more than everyone else because I'm not dressed for summer. I don't wonder this because I work in an office where my office gets really bad air conditioning, like none. I think there's an intake in my office and not a, you know, a blower. And everybody else is freezing cold. So I know I'm sweating more than everybody. And also, going back to my thing for one second. Being the person who's overdressed, people are always like, are you cold? And then it's hard to pull off, oh, yeah, I'm really cold when you're totally sweating and red-faced. <laughs> All right. Amy Pruszynski says, I get anxious when someone else is cooking in my kitchen. Wait one second. Going back to the sweat. You sweat at night. Yeah, I'm, I'm real. I sleep really hot. Because sometimes they'll be like, a, like my hair will be wet, and I'll be like, is that sweat or drool? But it doesn't help that you have a winter comforter <laughs> on the bed. My bed is All also year. I like the feel of, and the weight of it. So that contributes to me being hot at night. Are you saying you, that you don't like the, our comforter? It's a beautiful comforter. Would but, you be more comfortable without listen, it? Listen, I grew up in Arizona, and we would sleep with one thin sheet on How in How can you sleep with that? You cannot sleep otherwise in Tucson, Arizona. Right. Yeah, it's I, too hot. One one thin sheet sounds like fucking insanity to me. Honestly, I naked with no yeah. sheets and three fans. Exactly. And we had a well. It didn't help that we had a, a swamp cooler, so that doesn't do anything work. to keep you cool except make the air a little humid. All right, Amy Pruszynski says, "I get anxious when someone else is cooking in my kitchen. Who cleans up? Don't break something I can't afford to replace." Yeah, I can relate to that. I felt that way in New York, if anyone ever wanted. It's like, no, you don't understand. This is a non-cooking kitchen. <laughs> you can't come in and cook. But you don't get nervous because, you know, another gal is in there cooking with your cooking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why my mom would get nervous in the kitchen. Because? Because it's like, look, this is, these are my pots and pans. No, no. For me, it wasn't that. It was like everything's... I'm going back to New York where... Um, so I was, I, my boyfriend was like a really good cook and mm-hmm. always, was, sorry. <laughs> Tell was, me more. <laughs> he always wanted, wanted to cook something in there and it's like, no, my stuff is precariously stacked in a very special way. I can't get you in there monkeying with my magazines and magic mm-hmm. eight ball <laughs> and collection of keychains <laughs> <All right. laughs> and old mail. He was nothing. Maria mm-hmm. Hernandez says when leaving a full aisle, concert or theater when leaving a full aisle i'm never sure whether to give the people okay let me read this again when leaving if you're getting out of your seat at a movie theater to go to the bathroom yes i'm never sure whether to give the people letting me buy ass or groin i know i always give them commit to whatever decision and i often will switch it up i'll give them one on the way out right yeah. the other on the way back <laughs> right. that's a good idea like listen i don't want you to think that i'm purposely sticking my ass in your face right. so i'll give you a little bit of the front <laughs> i think i think the reason to give them ass is because you can avoid the awkward eye contact yes but you got to be careful that you're not actually like bumping them with your butt reminds I, me of a quote from fight club which is <laughs> says uh, now the question of etiquette: Do I give you the ass or the crotch <laughs> as he first meets um, Edward Norton Forget on the plane? Forgot about that. Yeah. Well, Maria Hernandez, this is certainly not just you. I feel like that was a Kaylin's Corner moment, though. Have Do you heard I, this? Oh man, we got a special. That was Kaylin's Corner. Yeah, it was. That was Kaylin's Corner. Hello. Yay! 
That's very controversial. So uplifting. What's controversial about that? A lot of people Nothing. feel I, like... I'm not sure. No, people have sent in... I think I mentioned on the Thursday show. People have sent in suggested edit points. <laughs> they feel like we should cut it at, that was Kaylin's Corner. Yeah, it was. No way. Or like cut off the yeah and the clapping. No, 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 no decided no. to ignore them. We decided to ignore them. I'm just bringing them up again. No, I like it as it is. Okay, perfect. Daryl says, driving behind an empty tow truck car transport, I get an overwhelming urge to try and drive up the empty ramp while moving. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't had that urge. Oh, y- you what? haven't? Was that a Knight Rider where they would do that? Sure, and it happened, it's happened, well, it's happened in a bunch of stuff, too. I mean... But didn't Knight Rider have, like, a, a semi-truck that he would dock in or something like that? I can't remember. Was that before your time, Gary? a little bit before my time. Okay. But I've definitely seen – no, I've definitely seen plenty of it, you know, off school in the middle of the day at, like, 10 a.m. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I've definitely – I don't think there's a 14-year-old male out there who's played video games who hasn't thought about leaning out the window, like, shooting the thing so that the, like, final oh, ones yeah. will slam down onto the ground and then launching over all traffic. <laughs> I always wish I had a car periscope, which is from Curb Your Enthusiasm. You have it. It's called Waze. Bam. (laughs) Bam. Bam. Jeff Jeff McSee says, anyone ever forget which cabinet certain things are in despite living in the same place for a long time? Oh, yes. In fact, I always pull – so where we have our coffee maker set up, I always pull out the drawer under it. To get a spoon, the, I, like that feels to me like it should be where our utensils are, but that's not where our utensils are. Hmm. Maybe we didn't set the kitchen up right. Hey. You, what you should do is you should not put your utensils anywhere and see where you naturally go, and you then know, you put them there. We should have done that. We should have mm-hmm. like feng shuied it. You feng shui it. I don't know if that's how what do that you means. feel about. I don't think it is. No. How do you feel about our fork placement in our kitchen? I'm fine with it. Really? I can't, yeah, I, I, I really came to peace with it a long time ago. All right. Christopher Shank says, I have to wash my hands after killing a bug, even if I didn't touch anything dirty. Nah, because I like, I use a big, big wad of toilet paper or Kleenex. I don't get that close. Wow. Yeah. That seems risky. I go after, I go full, full paper towel. Yeah, but every now and then you'll have that gnat or about something. A crunchy bug or a little bug. But what about those little bugs where you clap your hands to kill them? Well, I don't do that. That's different. He's saying if your hand hasn't touched anything, that's yeah. clearly you've got guts all over you. Yeah, I see. That one, I, I can't I do me. that. I I use the bug sucker thing that we have. Yeah, now. we have a humane bug zapper. It's not a zapper. It's a bug. It's like a. It's a, like it's a, a bug vacuum. crippler, really, because I'll end up breaking their little legs and stuff. Uh, and so I but know it's supposed to be humane. It sounds so humane. It's yeah, supposed no, to no. be. It's supposed to be because right. it like sucks them into this little chamber, and then you can let them out can outside, them so they can try to come back in later. But yeah, I don't know that it really is. I know that just, I can't think of that without thinking of the I nut. Know. I would. Uh, we, he loved moths. There, we had a, a moth that got in because our entryway is sort of enclosed, and so moths gather. And a moth got in, and he um, did he see it first? I don't know if he saw it first or if I pointed I think, it to him. Yeah, I don't know. I think. He and so I got out. the thing, and it looks like a gun. You know, like like Elmer Fudd would carry, yeah. like hunting rabbits. And he he got so. I mean, he jumped off the. He was asleep on your lap he jumped off the couch and he was running around and I'd be like where is he and I'd point to the corner and he'd run over there and he'd sniff around he he'd looking, look around the corner he was really looking and then for he'd the come mom. back because he couldn't find it and then I'd run over there and he'd run over there and he'd say yeah that was the like the crazy thing it was so cute and the crazy thing is that the other uh, the other day you were like where is he 
to to Oliver. Oh, yeah. He knew what I was talking he about. He knew yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't understand how he knew, but he got up and started looking around. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just, there wasn't even a moth, was there? You just no, thought there maybe he thought moth. there was one? <laughs> yeah, because you're like, where is he? That's all you said. And he started looking around for it. Mm-hmm. But then he also, we, you know, I used to play find it with him, which is where I'd hide treats from the living room. But he was he, not looking for no, treats. No, he wasn't. Because there was a specific way he would look for treats, which involves sniffing on the ground. Mm-hmm. And this was looking around things. He was so he was, smart. He was a smart little guy. Marisol Lunsford says, just mirror everyone, shakes head in confusion every time I see a cereal commercial. A glass of OJ with my milk, cereal, and toast? No way. I know. <laughs> That's an unrealistic breakfast. Yeah, who eats like that anymore? Well, isn't anything with cereal kind of a joke unless you're like right. at a brunch or something? If you're having cereal at home, it's because you've abandoned all, it, all energy. And right. it's got the drink exactly. built into it. Why yeah. would you have a drink in addition to your cereal? Amen. You know what it is? I think that the cereal commercial is trying to conceal what you're saying, which is the, the truth of cereal, Gary. Right. I think they're trying to make it part of a balanced breakfast yes. because that's what everyone wants to think they're going to do. But let's be honest. When that box comes out of the cabinet, you've, you're just, tired. you've decided to be lazy that day. Well, you know, yeah. Speaking of advertising, Matt Weiner's whole thing about cereal, have you heard it? No. Uh, the creator of Mad Men, he, he theorizes that cereal was just this thing that was invented by ad companies to to – you know, Sell milk. Well, I mean, obviously in concert with the you know corn manufacturers and stuff, but it was. Um, I'm forgetting his whole deal, but so it sounds it's, riveting. It's, <laughs> it was basically not something that existed before advertising. So, That's the, so when you see that glass of juice and everything, it's not that they're selling you cereal; they're selling you a, um, an oh. idea of a sort of perfect life where you would have a breakfast like that. It's a, they're selling you comfort. I've watched a little Mad Men. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Bonzer says, around people's dogs, I often wonder what celebrity would voice them, but I never tell the pet's owner my choice or that oh. I do it. I don't, okay, can I just say something else? Yes. Um, whoop, my chair is... Oh, no, that happens. <laughs> What's that, going on? Okay. Daniel just... I think he was... Are you bumping the thing with your, with your feet? You were doing a weird thing with your feet. There's a lever on this side closest to oh. me. I don't think he was, though. Do you see where the lever is? There you go. The chair. I thought it was like he that tiki bar at Disneyland. Yeah. He moved his feet right before that. Happened. Okay, well, oh, maybe. Right. I, um, what was I saying? Oh, there's, is there anything more annoying than when somebody who uh, comes up and does a voice of your dog, but it's not the voice you do for your dog? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stand it. How, did anyone ever do a voice for Oliver? Yeah, yeah. this one person, and it was just like it was like a real like cooey baby voice. I was like, "Shut up! That's not how he sounds." Do I know this person? No. Do you work with this person? I'm not going to say. All right. Yes, I do. <laughs> She's lovely, but it was it was like not that's the voice. Yeah, insulting. He has a different baby voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, and here's the last one. Katrina says, just mirror everyone. If I can't sleep, all I have to do is flip around so my head is where my feet should be. Voila, Z's in no time. I used to do that all the time, and I don't do it anymore. Maybe it's because I don't want to stick my feet in your face and my feet in your face. But then you have to untuck the the covers, don't you? No, you get on top. Oh. Well, that's how I would do it. Well, just getting on top would usually help me because I don't have to be under that comfortable (laughs) cool down. Is Chris here? Because it smells like food and it smells good. It's Kaylin. What are you eating? Chicken tikka masala from Trader mm. Joe's. Oh, we have one of those frozen in our freezer. I know. We were into that for a while and then you stopped eating it and forgot about it. 
We have a couple of things. Did I announce that. that I was getting fat and therefore we couldn't no, eat food anymore? No, I think, it was, I think I we got a batch that was too spicy for you. Yes. And, I, and we were getting non and the non was too fattening. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't, I couldn't resist it. Yeah. Um, I just should... You know what? No, I just remembered one of the things I said to Oliver. I said, you have to get better so you can we can eat lean cuisines together <laughs> when I was Aww. giving him the – when we didn't know. So there was a lot of pleading with him to get better and telling him about all the things that we would do when he got better and um, yeah. But anyway, all of that was to say that dinner-wise we go through phases because I'm very much a creature of habit and Daniel is a person who likes variety. But unfortunately, he doesn't get that. And also, I'm forcing to sleep under a blanket. Also, I don't too care heavy. too much about dinner. So yeah, so we go through phases, and I've forgotten our Indian food phase. Yeah, it's all right. But living on living in a house with someone who's always trying to not gain weight—it's good—has been good for you, yeah. right? Because you, without even wanting to, I've I, yeah, I've lost some weight without even trying. Just because there's just nothing because you're starving to- me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really true. No, it's sort of true. No, it's not true. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm not trying to starve you. No, you're not. Just, no, it's fine. Okay. Well, Daniel, thank you mm-hmm. so much for coming on this really, really, really sad show. Yeah, I, gee, I, I, I hope it's not been too sad. I know. Sad. I feel like it might have been hard for the listeners. The beginning was tough. The middle was no, not better. Also. Just me, everyone was great. Yeah. Um, my intention was also to talk about television a mm. bit. And about the first year of marriage and some things we've realized, but I feel like or I feel like it's winding down. So let's just quickly touch upon mm-hmm. the leftovers, mm. which Kaylin perked up when I mentioned that on the Thursday show. He did not enjoy the most recent episode. He didn't enjoy the way it ended. I can't for the life of me remember how it ended. I don't yeah. want it to be a spoiler. Can someone give me a non-spoiler hint about how it ended? Did, I, did you I not know. see it? I did. We I did. just can't remember. One of the major characters goes. One of the or major. A very prominent character goes in a way you don't think it's going to happen. Maybe. Did I fall Wait, asleep? Did we watch this? The episode that featured the older Kevin, Kevin Sr., is that what we're talking about? Is that the episode? Or has there been another episode? It's the next episode. Oh, we haven't seen it. Maybe we're missing an episode. No, that's right. Think about it. We didn't watch it on Sunday, did we? But we didn't watch two episodes. Did we just watch one? Okay. The most well, maybe recent one was in England, and I came back and I watched two episodes. Well, maybe okay. we're an episode back. That Time, makes sense. everything has been so crazy this last week, so it's it's possible we missed an episode. That makes sense because the first, the, the last most one recent we one we've seen was. So by now you're three behind. Well, the most one, the most recent one we've seen was about his dad. Yeah, that was the one where they get into the refrigerator. Yeah, that's you. You got one to watch. Still. Oh, okay. Thanks for the spoiler, right. Kalen. Thanks. Thanks a lot. But you don't know who it is. So <laughs> it should be more of an no, exciting. It's, a, it's all right. Spoiler. Let's go home and watch that. All right. Because I need some. Dis- is it a is it a bummer of an episode though? <laughs> <laughs> With the person every, who dies at the end. Every episode is a bummer of <laughs> an episode. Kind of exciting for the most part. I. You know what episode I liked? I yeah. liked the the one called I think it was called Guest. That was about Nora. Yeah, that was good. That one was good. Everything else has been like, a little touch and go. I'm, I, I was actually iffy on it at the beginning, and I have issues with the, the way that it kind of uh, got out of the gates. But yeah. I feel like it's been getting better. You know what I want to watch? So I just did Shane Dawson's podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I need to be watching RuPaul's Drag Race. It sounds like 
pretty good television. No. I feel <laughs> you look pained. I, you know what? Of I'm all the not, things we've talked about, you look more pained now than anything else you're talking feel. about. Yeah, God. Well, th- just re- first of all, reality sh- shows like I just can't. The, really? It, well, oh, because we also need to be watching Bachelor Paradise Island. Or well, that Cove I can. Or, okay, that I can. <laughs> oh, but you can't do reality shows. <laughs> but, well, it's got to be really good, like Bachelor in Paradise, for me to. That's wanna, what we need to watch. Um, I don't know. Is there a reason why I need to be watching that? It's just supposed to be good. Okay. I'll let you know how it is. All right. All right, Daniel, thank you for coming on. Listeners, thank you for listening. Sorry that this has been so sad. Um, I hope that if you have grieved the loss of your pets, this will make you feel better, though I sort of doubt it will. But really, sorry. (laughs) I guess that's all I have to say is sorry. I I feel like like it helped us. and I love you guys for listening. And I actually do hope that it'll help uh, people. That's kind of – I don't want to think that there's like a purpose to him dying because I don't – you know, in the sense that he was sacrificed or anything. But I do think one day it's like we'll look back and realize that experiencing this helped us to mm-hmm. maybe help – someone through grief or I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm making sense. Yeah. It's no, like I it know. was so tragic and awful that I had to think some there purpose. was some meaning to it. Yeah. Not there yet. I, I don't know. know. I know. All right. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You can get that by searching Hey, Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone. And we have two special bonus episodes available, both recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. The first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with Doug Benson and, no, yes, and much of the Thursday gang. And you can email us, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at AdamCarolla.com. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. You can follow me on Twitter at AllisonRosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. Where should we go for you? You don't know? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I uh, do. Well, you can follow me at Daniel Quantz, Q-U-A-N-T-Z. Uh, or on Instagram. I think it's the same. It is. Yeah. So there you go. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show, Daniel. You're welcome. All right. And thank you, listeners. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing and Rose and Show.
This is Corolla Digital.